fifty bucks a month Lock for unlimited stuff. Like, that's great, but I don't know what their service is. Dude, we're on the air. You're always talking again. You gotta say. There's the music. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. Great. I am uh, com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, <laughs> monkeying with the equipment, is Shane Leonard. Just trying to get comfortable. Hello. And uh, this week, we are doing the possession. I still feel like the headphone. I hear it in the headphones weird. We'll I don't know, I don't know what I, I'm so happy this week, but though. At least, at least yeah, we're back, to, me, we're back so. to normal, but... Uh, we're doing the possession this week, and we are. Uh, I feel like now I always have to say this because actually, when we don't say anything, sometimes people ask me. So we are really, really instant. Right, we just left. So this week we just saw it. We kind of got, um, you know, convinced to to see it. We, I mean, we won't say anything other than that. But yeah, uh, we were at one point going to see the words and. We were very easy to convince uh, away from that movie. I'm not gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna out anybody, you know, specifically. I'll just say a friend of mine basically got on our collective backsides and just said, "Why aren't you doing this film? Why are you only trying to see certain types of films and not others?" And he was he was tongue in cheek a bit of it, but he was he was actually kind of serious too. Like, why didn't you guys go see this film? I want to know what you thought of it. And when I told him it wasn't on the docket of things to see, he took a slight umbrage right. towards it and, and shamed us and guilted and, us into and, doing this. So. You know, not that, not that that's even uh, true at all. Not like we said, you know, you're right. We don't see certain kinds of movies. <laughs> right. No, right. But just that, you know, because, I mean, we see we see everything. All kinds I, of stuff. I mean, we've seen children's films. We saw yep. Cabin in the Woods. And right. they're just, I don't know, there haven't been a whole lot of horror it's movies. Summer. Exactly. It's, you know, it's a summer kind of thing still, so... But you know what's weird? Speaking of like the kinds of movies we've seen mm-hmm. and the summer and everything, what I think is weird is now the summer's over. This was really like the week where it, it was ugly. I mean, and, and right. last last week was not great either, just because it, you know we're kind of tailing off of summer. Yeah. And now that summer's over, all of a sudden, if you look ahead now, I'm like, I know what I'm seeing every week, every single week. And, yeah. And I didn't even have that in the summer. Right. In the summer, it was kind of like, well, this or that. What are we going to see until Dark Well, comes Johnny out Depp's in that, yeah. so let's go see that. <laughs> or I kind of look at but, – but as the weeks went on, it was, you know, okay, the Dark Knight comes out at right. this point, and I know I'll see that. Right. But now it's like – I forget exactly even what they are. And not not that they're necessarily great films or I am going to be in love with them or I predict that I will, but, you know, it's like The Master – like Dread 3D, yep. Looper, I think, yep. after that or something. And even, you know, all the way into October, it's like every week we know what's coming, something so, is yeah. the thing. And not even necessarily that um, we might get to, you know, Dread 3D is not, for me personally, the movie that I'm, right. you know, <laughs> holding out <laughs> humongous hopes for. And there might even be a movie that comes out that week that I probably know that I'll like better. Right. But still, I mean, that's the movie. You that's know the what the what, movie right. is that week right. coming up. And for better how or worse, did we not right. – right, for better or worse, how did we not have that in the summer? Yeah. And it, it's just funny we keep talking about the oh, summer. Um, so before we jump into the movie, though, I did want to say uh, we did get – we talked about this last week. We did get you know some people going back to the Hunger Games. Yep. So that was cool. That we, was cool. We've – gotten to the point where stuff's coming out on DVD. Cabin in the Woods comes out 
pretty soon right. anyway. So, um, you know, as things are coming out on DVD, you know, go check out our earlier shows right. and see what, see what we thought about it there. And, you know, at, I think we've said this several times too, but you know, chime in with that. If you Absolutely. if you go back to another show and email us or call in, get in the chat room, you know, we're happy to go back and uh, discuss whatever yeah. you now think of the Cabin in the Woods. Right. If maybe you saw it or you know whatever movie comes out. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't I don't know that we have any you know crazy no, housekeeping no. things to do this week. So the possession. Is uh, okay. It's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Kyra Sedgwick, and I think if you know anything about the movie, you pretty much know where we are in this movie. If you've seen a trailer, you know exactly what movie you're getting. Pretty much, it's uh, there's a box, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and you know, <laughs> based on a true story, right? This is we ought to talk about this at some point. This this is just your, this is another. Possession, Exorcist kind of film. Right. So. It's, uh, you know, Poltergeist, Exorcist, whatever whatever it is. It's um, it's the little girl gets the box and, you know, hilarity ensues. I mean, right. It's right. <laughs> whatever, right? right? It, we move along, you know, creepier and creepier things happen. And, I mean, at a baseline level, everybody pretty knows, everybody knows what's going on in this movie. Right. And I guess... You know, the only kind of twist from things like The Exorcist and Poltergeist is that we we really know what's happening. Like, we know why it's happening. We know exactly what's going on. We're we're shown the box all the time. And, and, you know, that's just one of the funny things to me going into the movie, this whole based on a true story. I just, right. I just think that's so awesome because especially the way they do it, because you watch the trailer, you see like the craziest things happen and then it goes based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. You're like what true story? <laughs> like a you girl found a box once. Right. That is the true story. Right. I, you know, whatever it is. And actually, I don't know. You apparently know the real story and it's not a box. It's a big it's cabinet like a big, or something. Yeah. Right? I mean, there was, it, it's, the i the story that i remember when it came out um not just the movie but it was, it was like one of these like weird entries off huffington post or something this was uh a furniture dealer who had uh who had this dipic box and tried to get it back to the family or tried to give it to a family tried to sell it to a family and they had they literally drew a line in the sand like come closer and we're going to fight. Like, we don't want to touch right. this. Never look at talk it. to me again. Right. And he, and he did a little bit of research on it, found a few weird things inside. Um, and uh, the idea is that in Jewish folklore, that the Dipic box is a, it's like a, it's, you know, a place where you cast and capture a demon or right. what have you. If you're, it's the, uh, it's, it's that minus the electricity. It's that like thing they use in Ghostbusters. Right. right? It's like right. It's a you, you, you stick them in the little right. box right. and you lock it and then you write all over it and say, never open this. Never. And, and of course, language that no one could, right. No Except one person. Right. And when you can find that person, they'll always tell you like, don't open this. And they're right. like, well, I already did. And then like, you go, yeah. Didn't you read the Where were you? language? <laughs> right. You know, like how could I have done that? Not that, okay. I mean, you know, not that it's like written in Sanskrit or anything. Right. I mean, it is written in 
Hebrew, Hebrew right? Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's, well, we had we had a very. I mean, this think is, if somebody had that box, though, they might update it once in <laughs> a while with some other languages right. and whatever. Look, the world is online. You could just take a picture of it and get Google translation to tell you, like, warning, demon inside. You know, <laughs> stay away. Um, and then that, like, that should spark a red flag right, somewhere. Right. You know, the the internet should be monitored in such a way. Right? Well, I'll, I'll say this before we start jumping into the movie. Like, there was a moment in the film where I was like, this guy's the dad is pretty smart. He's got his stuff together, and he's certainly aware. He he and his wife are divorcing because they just you know they they fell out of love. People do that. But he's he took a long time to figure out that all of a sudden my kid is acting very 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 strangely since this box right with this weird writing came in right you know he could have put the pieces together a little quicker but but I was gonna say it's interesting we batted we batted a few ideas when we were first starting to do the podcast about um, miking us ourselves up and talking you know before the film started right and this would have been a good time to have that file because we had a really cool conversation about your hatred of films that always say based on a true story based <laughs> right. on actual events and how like we we've we've got to get that to, we've got to, to really happen try that because, because it's just it, so much it fun is hilarious. It, but but i i'm a sucker for films that say that because i know somewhere along the way what the true events are you know basically it's like there was a guy who had a daughter once right somebody <laughs> somebody said, has a daughter somebody claimed weird things were happening right. and now it's a True story. I don't know. The one but thing, the things in this movie right. make it even weirder. I mean, there there are some. Sometimes that happens, and you go, even when you see the movie, mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking that that kind of could be based on a true story because what happened in the movie, other than people were scared and right. you know who knows, right? right? This one, like crazy crap, <laughs> happens. Yeah, that you you gotta go. There's no there's no true story this could be based on except there's a guy who said some stuff happened. Right, That's right, the true story. Right. I mean, I don't know. I just, it's just nutty. Anyway, it's it's also funny to note too that in the in the age of hyping your movie, and I who knows, maybe this stuff happened. I don't think it did, but if you believe in things like the poltergeist cursed, uh, the curse that right. you know was supposed to ransack everybody except a couple people, you know, so then really was it a curse or was it just the bad luck of a couple? But the uh, one of the executive producers or the or one of the designers of this film was talking about all the strange things that happened once this movie was done, how he would be in a room and just light bulbs would go out and and how all the sets or uh, some of the props caught fire and the fire right. department couldn't figure out why. And I'm thinking, can you make up any more schlocky crap to sell the spooky based on true right. event? Like, really, like, where's the Dybbuk box now? We don't know. Maybe it's in your attic, you know? <laughs> Know. You know, it's just, and it's if just you, it, it made me like, crack up because I was like, really? You don't need to push it, it that hard. It could, it could be a cool thing, though, because, like, if you make that prop. Right. Now, have you actually made the thing? And are you are <laughs> you, you now in trouble? Right? right? Are you? <laughs> Who would open it? Well, this goes back even just in another part of the conversation we had before the trailers hit, which were truly awful, by the way. So bad I had to laugh at those, too. But we were talking about like the ghost hunter shows and like how yeah. hard they sell these things like to, to scare you. And there's never any proof. There's never any validation of stuff. It's just right. a bunch of hyperbole and blah, blah, blah. Right. So. The, the, and and uh, the thing that I think is weird about those shows is we get no great reason to believe these people first. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Right. Because like what it is, is 
if if you watch those shows, and you know, I I have to say, you know, I I was talking on the phone to Jason Hawes just a few days ago. Yeah. So you know, now I'm going to bag on his show. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, but be great. Um, but but I'm not actually that. because in its own way for the right people, is kind of entertaining. My <laughs> wife loves that show. What a great right? disclaimer for no, the right people. Because my my <laughs> wife loves that show. And does my, you know, at the end of the show, does my wife go, wow, you see how they found that ghost? No, right, I mean, it's, right. you know, it, 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 it is what it is. And if you're willing to let it be that. But, you know, if you had the exact same footage of one of those shows, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I gave it to you. Right. And I went, look what happened and look at this video and like, yeah. you know, here, here's the door moving or right. whatever. And I'm not like trying to sell you anything. Right. I'm just saying, look at this thing. You'd go, Man, I, that's, that's weird shit. Yeah, what the, what right. the hell is going on? Right? right. Exactly. But now it's a TV show. And what you basically have is like a TV show of like all of the easiest things to fake that right. could ever be filmed. Right. And people going, Oh, ghosts. Right? right. I yeah. mean, the vast majority of what happens on that show is that a noise happens off camera. Right. I mean, that's like the definition of like the easiest there. thing to fake. <laughs> right. Well, what was that? There's our, a ghost, there's our a ghost right here. Haunted. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't even know why we're talking about that. But so the possession. Um, now, here, the first thing uh, I'm going to kick off because. Okay. I I know that apparently you liked it more than I did. I definitely and, liked it more than you. And did. and I did not, okay. I I did not like it, but I should put out the disclaimer too that okay. you know, I'm not horror guy. Right. I mean, I'm just not that into horror movies. There are a lot of horror movies that I really can appreciate and are well-made films, but you know, like I was telling you when the movie started, the horror genre absent groups of people and being in college loses me. Right. I, I don't really know why, I don't really know why it exists except yeah. for college kids to have something to go to the movies with or something to rent, you know, in their big groups. Right. I don't understand being scared at movies. It's a good date film. There's like, you know, I can understand being sort of startled yeah. at, at certain points or whatever, but anyway. Well, wait, okay. I, just sorry. They mean that's really okay. cut you go off. Ahead. But, but actually, you know, people go to the movies for a bunch of different reasons. You right. know, and like what we started to say in the theater before um, before the trailers started, some people really just want that accelerated adrenaline version of escapism. And they they there are factions of horror films that you don't really get to say this too much about other genres. Like there aren't a whole lot of factions of comedy. You can say there's really raunchy stuff like The Hangover or Bridesmaids, and then there's clean stuff like Leonard Part 6, if you really sure. want to qualify that as comedy. But some people really just want to go to see what they can't see otherwise. Like, they want to see um, people getting cut up grotesquely in a hostel. You know? right, gross. Or they want to see people being chased down the road with chainsaws and rabid, you know, savage people. You know, this is kind of what people... Want to want to seek out? They want to escape because it's a guilty pleasure, or if it's just some sort of fascination for them. And you can't easily see that stuff on, you know, Cartoon Network. Right. So you got to go to the theater to see it. Well, okay. So that's just sure. My quick, that's my drop-in of why people go. Right. All I'm all I'm saying is that I'm probably not the guy to judge. You right. know, is this a good horror movie, or where does this horror movie fall in relation to a lot of other horror movies? Right. Because, like we mentioned, some other 
you know, things like Exorcist and, you mm-hmm. know, Poltergeist and, I mean, even Rosemary's Baby, if you go back far enough. Right. And I can, like, really appreciate all those movies, even, like, Rosemary's Baby, which just does not stand up anymore. No. That is that was a great, great movie, movie at the time, but right. you, you could not even show that to people right. today, and it, it would just be completely lost. There would be nothing there, but... Right. I can really appreciate those movies as movies, and there are lots of horror movies that you know the same thing is true. I just don't get the scariness, I'm, and yeah. that's you know that's just me. I don't understand why yeah. a lot of movies, anyway, what's supposed to be scary about them, and all of the exorcism possession category of movies are yeah. like the worst for me because right. I, you know mostly I just go, what the hell is that right. nonsense? You know, there's some kind of like suspension of disbelief and and I'm a big proponent of suspending disbelief yes. for movies that it just doesn't quite work in this line of movie. Well, that's for me. You're also not owning up to your pagan beliefs. Well, right. which which, you know, if you're in this instance, I'm joking. If I had stuff, pagan right? beliefs, <laughs> you're in, this you're would in, work for me way more, right? No, really these films are Frightening, certainly going back to the you know the great grandfather, the matriarch of all of this stuff, which is the Exorcist. The Exorcist is truly frightening if you believe in Christianity or the Catholic you know teachings. And and this you know especially not, like the more the better. You know, I right. mean, if you if you had to go to Catholic school your whole life or sure. something, then if you're indoctrinated in this kind of thinking, then you feel and or you might feel and you might think that these things are frightening right you know? and, if, and and if it, you're not it's like even, the, if it's like the poltergeist or watching ghost hunters maybe or something right. like if, if you're watching Polter, poltergeist and you're like thoroughly convinced that there's no such thing as ghosts ever in any form whatever right then what's that going to do then you're watching if, if you're going i don't know maybe there are ghosts maybe, right. then maybe that could be scary right? if you're not if you're not interested or open to the idea that there are ghosts or in this instance possession, you know, demons of any faith, then what you're watching is an infomercial for something you're never going to buy. Right. Basically, that's all you're doing. You're you're just wasting time watching something that is not appealing or interesting to you, you know, spiritually or intellectually. Right. And it's not going to have an effect on you emotionally, you know. So, so that's how it goes. <laughs> so you can tell how interested we so are were, in well, talking no. about this movie yeah. because well, we're going to babble about thing. horror movies in general <laughs> for the whole time. Okay. So I let me, let me, right, let me get ahead. this out. Okay. All right. Because we have to actually connect to the movie at some point, right? I the we were. thing that I wanted to say about this movie, no, but that's just a, like horror completely in general that okay. we've been talking. I, I think we've been talking mostly about the thing that I wanted to say about this movie, and because I I kept thinking this over and over during the movie, and especially because we had been talking about things like Exorcist and yeah. like right when the movie end ended it, you mentioned poltergeist because yeah. there's a certain poltergeistiness yeah. kind of to this with the things that happen. And over and over during the movie, I kept thinking about this very specific thing. And, you know, we get lots of emails that say what we really like to listen to is Mark babble about completely unrelated Do really stories. I don't get those emails. And, and, try to, and try to make them fit. So he, here's the thing that I – here's the thing that I, that I was thinking of. Okay. What do you think? I might have even mentioned this to you, but um, it, it was a while ago. A couple months ago, okay, my six-year-old uh-huh. discovered soap, okay, because now, I love how we're back on is, track to the right, film now, but right, this is well because this like, sum, this, like this. sums up the movie to me. 
This is like the progression of the world, right? Okay. Because a couple of months ago, we ran out of like soft soap or whatever. Okay. And we have actual soap, right? Because I use that in the shower. And that's like the only time that gets used in our house, right? Okay. So my, our six-year-old, so there was no more soap. I'm like, okay, well, here, get one of these. And I open up a brand new bar of soap, right? It was like magic to her. That they had t- somehow taken the liquid soap and compressed it into some solid form, right. so that you could you could touch it and like only a little bit of it would come off at a time, yeah. instead of just like it hits the water and it dissolves all at once or right. something like that. Right. The whole thing was magic to her. Right. And I think that's exactly what this movie was <laughs> trying to do. Yeah. It was like you go so far back to like old school that you're trying to make that magic again. Mm-hmm. It's like the horror movie genre has like progressed and tried to do the things this different way and tried to, you know, expand what is possible and, you know, ha- just, you know, since like the exorcist came out, right. It's like that movie is, there's all these new movies. It's making new strides it's basically like going through the process, right, of inventing the soft soap. And now we've got to a point where we go, what if we throw out that old soap again? And will people look at that and go, wow, now this is magic. Right. I mean, I just it, it just made me keep thinking that because everything felt like I was watching some movie that happened in the 70s. It, right. You know, it was like we're just going all the way back to the beginning of – Horror, because it really was like so closely related to Poltergeist, especially, and to a certain extent, The Exorcist, because it's kind right. of an exorcism possession yeah. thing going yeah. on, and the different things that happen, the different you know clues we start getting because now she's acting weird, right? And so now we have this scene of her acting a little bit weird, and then we have another scene of something strange happening. And she sits in front of the box and is staring in the mirror, and her, the reflection's really creepy looking. Yeah, all of those things just seem like we just took this movie like right out of the past mm-hmm. and maybe kind of updated things right. as far as what they look like a little bit. And you know, people are on cell phones, so right. now it's now. Right. But all I could think of was like this movie just could have been made. For 30 or 40 years ago, and and it would have been exactly the same movie. Right. Uh, it's within the genre. You know, it's almost like if you had, you know, a novelist today try and imitate how people wrote a couple hundred years ago. Right. I mean, in writing, it would probably be a yeah. different scale yeah, or right. whatever, right? But if you had somebody write a new, a, a new novel and write it as – the as people wrote a couple hundred years ago and then put that out and go, here, read this. Look how cool this is. And everyone ate it up and said, this is awesome. And it's just because they haven't seen soap before. I mean, it's like, it's like this movie. I feel like, I I feel like it's got to work best for people who, you know, haven't seen all those other movies. You know, it's like for new people. It's like right. we're just going to throw this out again because they, those people haven't seen it. Or I guess maybe for people who just can kind of appreciate both, that, yeah. it, that it goes 
goes back that direction. But for me, it just didn't work at all. For me, I was just watching the movie the whole time going, you know, I've seen soap. Right. I've (laughs) used it before. I've I've had great, yeah. It's not magical. Well, you know as well as I do, we both watch a lot of movies and way more than the average person. And we both probably watch way more TV than the average person. And that actually is saying a lot because your average person just lives in TV. Right. TV and film do this thing where they have the most, you know, brief and truncated kind of memory. You'll see the same pilots for TV shows that were six years ago, seven years ago, maybe 10 or 11 years ago. But, you know, how many different ways can you put, you know, two girls and a guy living in an apartment? You know, I mean, like three <laughs> companies have done a million and, twos, right. and MASH has been done. You know, everything has always been done better probably before now, but that doesn't stop them from trying because there's still probably only a finite number of ideas for things like that. Right. In movies, like what you're saying, we've agreed, you know, I think when we were talking about The Cabin in the Woods, we were talking about how films like this come along and they do a certain thing that's different like Scream did, but also how films can come along and just kind of mirror what has been in our memory kind of recent, but not so much so for the new crop of audiences. Everybody seems to really dig the paranormal activity films. And for me, all that is is just a little sharper version of like the Blair Witch Project. And in that regard, I remember the Blair Witch Project, you know, years ago, but the teenagers that are out now, they were like what four? Right. Five? I mean, you know, so right. So you can have you, a, you can have a new spin on you the Blair can Witch Project for a new. And I know it's not exactly whatever, the same yeah. film, but it's this independent found footage film that that goes back to these films. And right. in that regard, certainly and, there and are some looking at something new in the same bit, way, right. kind exactly. of. Yeah. And and Hollywood is smart both for their film and their TV stuff, and you can argue their music is basically regurgitating stuff right. over and over again too, but. Um, you know, they know that in another five years, there's going to be new teenagers. And those teenagers are going to want another version of something paranormal, and it will probably be, you know, Ghost Hunters, the movie right. then. And and we'll have to sit through it and be like, God, this was great 20 years ago when we saw it the right. first time. But all that does is make us old, you know, <laughs> well, old codgers, because, right. you know, there's always a new way to look at it. And if this gets people into horror films or this reinforces people's love for horror films, then that's fine too. Well, but for me, there's a, there's a good version of that and a bad version of that. And, I agree. and like you, you know, there's actually an interesting thing since we look at TV real quick, like, you know, sitcoms have totally progressed, let's say since like the seventies and eighties. And they, they do keep coming out with, kind of the same sort of setup mm-hmm. and we'll put a different spin on it maybe mm-hmm. but there really are that there's like a different kind of feel to the mo- the you know new sitcoms that come out even if they're even if you like boil them down and they seem very similar right mm-hmm. to things that have happened forever right they still have a very different feel to them and you know so what's interesting now that's happened is you know, the shows that are all on TV land right, are shows as though they were made in the 80s. They're like right. shows that could have been made in the 80s. We're going to have this same kind of style. We're going to go back to kind of this, I don't know, more laid back, kind of like a more wholesome Cosby show kind of a, yeah. you know, thing. And they are outrageously popular. Yeah. And 
And they are actually, you know, the way that it's progressed is that there actually was a hole there where those shows, you know, can take over and fit in. Yeah. And because there weren't sitcoms that were similar to that anymore because they all wanted to be, you know, I don't want to say like the Big Bang Theory or, or something like that, right. but it was like – it, it was like, you know, everything had to be sort of snarky and mm-hmm. like there had to be this whole sarcasm undertone to everything that happens in your sitcom. Right. And so they like they like said, you know, you know what I miss? And so they made new shows as though they were old right. and people love them and right. they're hugely popular. Yeah. And this movie could have been, you know, let's let's go back there. Mm-hmm. But in like. I think like a more worthwhile way than, than what we ended up getting because so much of the stuff that happened in this movie. And, you know, I should say I, I could not stand Kyra Sedgwick in this movie. And, and I actually, I actually like her generally and everything she did seems so fake and stagey and, and, and (laughs) nonsensical and all of the writing in this movie, I think, that was not directly related to something scary happening yeah. was really awful. I mean, every time people were talking to each other when they weren't going, Oh my God, what's that? I mean, right. when it wasn't like, right. I'm like, people don't talk to each other like that. I mean, it I, was all so just weak and like yeah. paper thin character talk. It was like, I just want them to talk so that, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I have to kill some time and make them say something, but I'm not going to really we're I just disagree. trying to get to the horror. I, I disagree with horrible. a few I disagree with a few parts, but I'm going to I'm going to try to work backwards a little bit. And and I my apologies to, you know, Miss Cedric if she's listening. I I just I she's one of a short list of people that I just can't stand seeing, you know, it's like your shadow off. Right. Like I just if I was waiting for the demon to just start throwing her around right. and, and stab her a right. lot in the face. You know, I just she, something she's about not, her. She's not a person that is like one of my favorites, but yeah. but I don't I don't have anything I guess against her. It's not like I see her in the movie and go, oh god. I, well, I when I knew we were going to go see this film, and even when I heard that the possession was coming out, and I knew it was you know starring Jeffrey D. Morgan and Kyra Cedric, and I was just like, oh, they got Kyra Cedric to play the demon. Right. You know, and there's not going to be, you know, and I just, I, there's, you know, there's just something every once in a while, there's an actor or an actress or a musician or somebody you just don't like for whatever reasons are tangible or not. Right. And she's one of those, you know, I, I hear the closer is a great show. I'm happy that she's got success. You know, she's been with Kevin Bacon. Not that that means anything, but Kevin is awesome at his craft and he certainly sees a lot to like in her. So I don't know where my disagreement <laughs> lies, but I do not like her. And I agree that that the weakest part of the film for me is her. She's the most disposable thing because she's she's there to be like the token mom to do these things that a mother has to do. But for someone of her name and clout now that the closer has given her a fair amount, she's pretty much just wasted. Well, know, and, but, she, and even the things that she has to do that are not necessarily a result of horrible writing, which I think a lot of things are. She still does them horribly in this movie. Yeah, I, she, she I think she didn't do a thing to change my mind about her. But she, but she I, doesn't do uh, she doesn't do anything believably. I, think, <laughs> I mean, no. I think um, I definitely disagree with a part of 
um, your statement about the writing, especially in the first half. You know, in the first half, I thought that the stuff between the mom and the dad, the, the awkward, like, just broken up kind of tension, though not they, – they didn't just divorce. They've been divorced for about a year now. Right. And there's still a familiarity, but there's still a trading barb kind of thing. And it's not revolutionary dialogue. Tarantino didn't write it, but it's okay. And the thing that really makes me disagree with it is, like, one of the first – um, senses that I thought the writing was, you know, doing a really good job is when he gets his daughters to his new house and they're having fun and they're being kids. And I thought the moment specifically when he and his youngest daughter, the, the daughter that's in trouble with the Jewish demon, which is a very strange sentence. I didn't think I would right. ever say the daughter who's in trouble with the Jewish demon. Um, I can take that off my bucket list. She, she and, and uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan are sitting in bed and they're playing with a light and they're making shadow hands and they're having a very fun, playful conversation with each other that works, works well, you know, establishes, yeah. establishes their character and ends sweetly and believably. Now, and I think that's a perfect example of how they're establishing stuff in the beginning. Okay, Again, it's now, not the English patient, but as right. a horror film goes, now, I, I think it's working. I, I have to say, since that's your point, I like that scene. That's a great scene. That whole scene of that house is great, but that's the best part of it. But now pick another one. Because I like that scene, but okay, I thought easily, the rest of it was easily. all garbage. I'll, I'll, I'll mangle the guy's name because I don't know it. And I have, you know, whenever we're doing the podcast, we try to be responsible. I've got, you know, IMDb up. Um, the guy that played Sadok. The the young Hasidic boy. Oh, I liked him, too. He was, all like, the, the scenes, best thing in the movie. All the scenes with him, including his introduction. Here's another scene but where you're that, introducing that's only, character. That, that's only, like, way at the end. Well, and you're I'm, asking for another scene, and I'm no, giving no, no, you another no, scene. No, because my point was, like, I'm talking about... Okay. Pe- I'm talking about people one. don't like... Don't, don't talk like that. Like, you know, when they're... Um, what like when you're talking about their trade barbs at the beginning and she says, "Oh, but I packed up all your stuff." And she's just like she's just almost to the point where she's nonsensical. Right. She's a character pissed of off right. caricature right. of divorced woman. And all that is goofy. And and I mean the stuff where uh, you know, people are just going through their normal routine. Right. Not like you know, when you go to find your exorcist because, you know, <laughs> you need a demon okay. killed, Here's that kind of stuff, maybe not. But no. but before we just pass on that guy, I really liked him, I too. Thought he he was, great. was great. He if, if, you, if you're losing energy in the movie, and I don't necessarily think you, you should be, but if you're losing energy in the movie, he brings a real fresh, strong breath of... Yeah, hold on for stuff. that guy. He's a lot yeah, of fun. And, and there's just... It's, it's not just his look, because he's very... I mean, he's stereotypical Hasidic looking. Right. You know, he's got the curly hair and the and the facial hair, and um, it, it's, it's funny because voice. the word stereotype kind of goes wrong there. It you does know? in because, a way because it, it you, goes, because you, you, you we're programmed to think that that's supposed to be a, a bad thing. Right. If something is stereotypical, that's bad. Right. But it except is. in it, that it, specific, when you said that perfect. sentence, I was like, now wait a minute, that's <laughs> that's so weird that because it, he's supposed to look that way. He, it's, it's supposed a to be a stereotype, right? But there's something about that guy's. Voice maybe, or just the intonation, the way he's delivering. He has an. It's not his presence; it's his vocal presence for me. But okay, so you asked for another example. I'll give you one, and it's an easy scene that doesn't talk about saving your daughter's life. It's when she asks, um, she asks Clyde to come in. You know, she's like, "You're still getting email on my computer," and they have a very touching and tender moment that reflects and re and, and sort of reestablishes briefly before she cuts it off that they really felt something for each other. Right. And it would be an easy scene to believe is forced 
if they didn't make it work, and they made it work. There's a moment there where you kind of look, even though her new boyfriend is in the uh, the other in room, the other room, cooking right. and cleaning and doing something. Um, you know, you have a second where I thought anyway, I'm like, wow, there's a chance these guys could get back together again because right. they're feeling what they felt and they're acting based on the scene. And right. I and I say, there's another scene for you. That that you. scene was that scene was not too bad. I did I did I did mind I, I didn't mind that scene. But by the I think my problem with it, um like I said, I I didn't mind that scene and it was pretty good. It seemed a little forced and kind of goofy that we're that we're, I thought it worked. That that we're making that scene happen because he has to look at this video or whatever. But anyway, that scene was was not too bad. That yeah. that would not be like one of the scenes where I said, see, look, look how horrible that is. Look, the I'm, only problem with for me is that by the time I get to that scene, yeah. I've already been through a lot of stuff. I'm not gonna say that this is the most, you know, avant garde or, you know, breathtaking horror film in a long time. It it you know, there were some scenes that I thought could have been done a lot better. But I do think that there are enough great scenes throughout. I just, you know, I saw it differently. You know, I just think that there's enough great scenes throughout that the writing wasn't horrible and that they did they did a pretty good job with their stuff. But I, I guess I should say, because we're vanishing in time. It's actually right. funny. We're talking about a bunch of things. I will say this as as it's my it's it's my own ploy to not talk about the movie as much. <laughs> well, as it's okay if you didn't like it so much, you know. You, I I thought it was fun, and I'm a big horror guy. So I guess the things to say to someone out there who's listening and wondering whether or not this is the kind of film to go see, like like I mentioned before, there's a couple different veins of horror. If you're a horror fan for things like um, Eli Roth, you know, Hostel, or Yui Bowles, you know, if if the the torture porn kind of horror or just the exceptional bloodbath of stuff, and, right, and seeing people being eviscerated or or that thing is your type of horror, you're not going to like this movie, right? Th- there's just there's not a lot of gore. It, it's, a lot of in, it is it's in general, like I'm saying, it's it's really kind of old school. It is. It's more suspense and psychological. Yeah. And the interesting thing about a film like this is. When you do, um, God, I wish I could remember that guy's name, but I'm not going to look it up. When you do um, movies about exorcisms, you typically have to validate that as being either a spiritual or a psychological history. Like, where is the demon coming from or where is the possession coming from? And this one kind of does both. So in that regard, it's really not – there are a couple gross moments, but they're played well, well enough. And, and they're not you. and they're not that gross. They're either. not super they're, gross. I either. mean, like especially well, if you're talking about you know you know today's standards of right. Oh God, no, this is gross. Really something yeah. happening. Yeah, it's interesting too because the film. Um, I remember when it came out. I remember hearing somebody talk about it and that it, it had cut itself down to get PG-13, which is the the sweet spot for a lot of horror films. If right. it's R, you're not going to get the teen audience because they can't see right. it. But it makes me wonder, like. <clears throat> Usually it's violence, you know, that, or nudity, and there's no real nudity because it's a film about a kid. You know, you're not going to see the kid being right. naked. But it makes me wonder what gross stuff really did they cut to right. get it to a PG-13. But in that regard, even though there are some, um, you know, kind of gross moments, they're not gross like you get to see someone's finger getting chopped off or their head or right. anything. There's nothing like that. If you were the kind of horror film um, aficionado that likes – you know, that kind of subtle or psychological kind of film, if you thought 
The Exorcist is too easy. I guess the most and, and too old it's and too old. I even yeah. I even went on the film even before we got out of our chair. I just said I thought this you know the feeling of the movie reminded me a lot of Poltergeist. It's like the new version of Poltergeist. But if you sprinkled the the exorcism um, the exorcism of Emily Rose with Poltergeist, you basically get this film. Right. You know, it's got that feeling of Poltergeist, but the subject matter of Emily Rose. Um, I think I think if you're a fan of horror, you're going to wind up going... Horror fans are like comic book fans. If there's a film in the theater, they're going to go see it. Right. If you're torture, you know, gross porn horror lover, you're not going to be interested in this. So you'll skip it. But if you're not, you're going to go see it. And it's it's entertaining enough. It's not, you know, terribly frightful, but it's, you know, it's got a great ambiance to it. And I think people will go see it in the theater. And if not, they'll definitely see it in the second-run theater. Right. Or, yeah... I don't know. I just Kyra Cedric for me is the worst part you, of the film. You know, I like, like I like I said at the beginning, right? I'm not the horror guy. I yeah. almost feel like you know, I, I'm fine with almost deferring to your rating yeah. because you know I don't see every horror movie that yeah. comes out, and chiefly because I know that they won't do anything for me. Right. So if I yeah. see if I see horror movies. And, like, say I don't have to see it or something. Right. It would have something to do with, like, who directed it or who's starring in it. Right. Or, you know, is is something happening in what they're trying to tell me that is, like, different or interesting maybe? Is it a horror movie, like, from some kind of new place somehow right. or something like that? And this one is just not only is it not from a new place, it's, like, really – not, yeah. not from a new right. place. It's like the same thing again. But I do think, you know, since we're talking about all these, you know, different parts, I do think that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was really good. He's so good. I like watching him in films. He's. It's funny. I always thought when I first saw him, I was always like, man, Javier Bardem cleans up real well. Right. You know, <laughs> it's it's this weird thing that they're both kind of on the scene acting at the same time. And Javier Bardem took off with No Country for Old Men, and then like and, they, and they do almost look like they look very they, similar. You know, they're a couple of hours in the makeup chair away from each other, right? And they're like, right. they, they get the right stylist. Or I'm something. waiting for them to play Evil Brothers, good Evil Brothers right, in some movie, film, and right. it's going to work. But I thought he was great. You know, I thought he was easily, you know, really fun to watch, and and he's got a presence to him. So right. And the little girl, you know, that act like she's six. You know, the the ten or eleven year old, uh, the nine or ten year old Emily. Well, yeah, I thought she was fine. the one who gets possessed. Right, she was good, except you know that it kind of, uh, I guess, circles around to some things for me that were a little weird because there are some things in this movie, and you know, to some extent, you can't really judge, I guess, a, a horror movie as harshly as you would judge other movies. Right. Really, I right. mean to be. I mean, I guess some people would say you can, but uh, I right. think I think that's someone will. I, I think I think that's a strange sort of not fair, probably. But there are things in this movie too that she does do a good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, she she's really pretty solid. And any negative thing that I might say is probably not her fault, right? But yeah. there are parts in this movie where. I think the movie is trying to demand that she do things that are, you know, a little bit not all that possible for her to do. And because age, because like, she's a kid. She's young still, yeah. I mean, there's a part, like the part where she kind of has this odd confrontation with the guy who's trying to be stepdad. Right. 
which um, I can't remember his name either. Grant something. He was on like Melrose Place. Yeah. And you know that poor guy. I swear to God, <laughs> this, this is like yeah, this is like all he ever gets anymore. He's like and the Gary. Always He's of, like the uh, other guy right. in the movie. And I, you know, not that coming from Melrose Place really <laughs> necessarily means people need to take me seriously or right. something, but. I just I just feel for the guy yeah. that he can't get something a little bit more than the other guy in this movie, right? right? I right. mean, but anyway, when she has the kind of confrontation with him, you know, there's something that they there, there's ways that they want her to look, right. and there's like expressions that they want her to put on her face, and she that it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't quite work, and I don't feel like it's her fault necessarily. This is the kind of thing when you have kid actors and you want this to be a young girl who gets possessed and you're just kind of trapped into the limitations of what's going to happen. And right. like, you know, not, not that there aren't brilliant child actors, but right. they're it, very few it, and far it, between. in some way there kind of aren't. This kind of reminds me and this here's another, you know, my crazy story kind of reminds me of watching like American Idol yeah. when they have to sing songs, they get people who are like you know, 16, 17, 18 years old or whatever, and they're singing, like, some Janis Joplin song or some, like, totally deep song about, like, heartbreak and loss or something like that. And you go, you know, they really sing pretty. I don't believe them in this song, though. You know, they can't really sing the song. Yeah, because they haven't put the mileage on it. Because it's sort of like, you know, if you couldn't possibly have written the song then you kind of can't sing it. You know, you don't have the thing. I understand what you're saying. And, and there's like a similar thing in this in a couple of places in this movie for her where it's like, I feel like they're asking her to just have an emotion that right. the demon would have, would have or the demon would, you know, think these things or, you yeah. know, God knows whatever is the specific scene. And it's like she just kind of can't convincingly make that face at you. They do it twice. They do it that first time when he's in the garage, and this is the scene I think you're talking about when she's talking to him. And then there's another scene, which is very, very humorous for fans of uh, for fans of this kind of horror. Yeah, and don't think that we're gonna go the whole way without getting into the fact that you were laughing. Like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna definitely bring that up. (laughs) That doesn't necessarily out me as anything. But the second time when she does it near the swing set. It, they're asking her to do the same thing. It's just the second time yeah. she did better. The second time was more the believable. The swing set is a lot better. Yeah. And but that especially, first time is, is, is rough. Especially right. um, when she's on the swing. Yeah, right. Which is actually, it, it seemed kind of strange when that was happening because the part where you're on the swing is actually the harder part to pull off, I feel like. Yeah. Because it's very subtle. You, that right. it, It's a very subtle, precise kind of a demeanor and look you have to have. And then after she stands up and she's more kind of, I, I don't yeah. know, aggressively right. staring at you. She's moving poster <laughs> posing. Which is, you know, which which is, is right. It's right. funny right. because it's like you're aggressively just standing there, right? right? I'm and, giving Mark a look right and now. And she like, doesn't do that yeah. one quite as well. But anyway, yeah, there, there are a couple she, of things, even times before that where she's scared. Right. And you know a good example of a scene that I think went went kind of wonky is when you've got the one where she's brushing her teeth. That's and, 
older sister. She, oh, no, she washes right. her face. She's brushing her teeth. She starts looking down her throat with the flashlight right, right. And, and that whole thing. Yeah. And first of all, the scene feels odd mm-hmm. because this is this is actually one of my all-time movie complaints is that anytime you see someone in a movie in a bathroom, right. you're absolutely guaranteed that you will get bad acting right. because nobody in a movie ever acts in the bathroom like people actually act in the bathroom. Everybody brushes their teeth in the movies as though like their dentist was standing next to them, like instructing them on how to do it or something. You know, right. they, they hold, they practically like have their pinky up yeah. where they hold the toothbrush and they like, they're very precise about it and everything, you know? Nobody's ever like rushing out and drooling a bunch or, of paste yeah. on their face. And, right? What I don't know. Right. Anyway, but when you when you're watching her do it, it's like there's some weird like you know porcelain doll vibe going on to mm-hmm. what she does in the bathroom, and, yeah. it, and it was very just odd. Anyway, she had a but party. when she's being scared, right at this part scaring her, right. She didn't exactly look very scared. Yeah. She didn't really look very upset, and it's like she's. She starts kind of gagging and she's doing like, you know, whatever. And there was some amount of not scared enough. Yeah. If you're a little girl to have this stuff happening to you, this is that a, sort of just it. Yeah. And it, this is a that, that, that was even ways, that was though. even not a horrible scene. No, I know what you mean. But it just it just felt a little weird the way that was coming through. This is this is an interesting razor that cuts both ways because I hear what you're saying and I understand it. But it also goes the other way, too, which is how do you want a kid Again, taken out of the movie, like if this is a real thing happening to her, like you're saying she wasn't scared enough, you know, you also have to give credit to children, you know, for not having an experience beyond their own experience and not knowing how to react. I've seen right. kids who should be scared out of their minds that they almost got run over by a car, you know, near the side of the road. And right. they're totally nonplussed. They're like, hey, what's going on? And you as a parent, you know, you're standing next to them and you're like, Jesus Christ, you know what, you know, and right. you're free and they don't understand. Right. So in a way, I hear what you're saying, but I, I also see, you know, as the film's kind of weird defender for the last 20 right. minutes that you can't have it both ways. Like either she does have the experience to pull these things off or because she's a kid and doesn't have those experiences, she doesn't. Right. You know? And so, that, and you know, but that's why I say uh, with the one part where she not kind of pulling it off. Right. It's because it's not supposed to be her. Right. And it's like what you're trying to write into the film and then somehow capture on film, maybe you're just kind of stuck with right. it it isn't possible to get it that good. And, and so, you know, maybe it's kind of not even their fault that it doesn't work that great because yeah. maybe you just can't get maybe. a child actress who can who can pull all that off. But anyway, right. we're getting kind of short on time. And, you know, clearly I didn't like it that much. And you liked it a lot better than I did. Yeah. But we seriously cannot get past I can't. I can't even believe that I... talk about why I I can't even believe that I didn't bring this up earlier. Um, But, you know, that's what you get when it's instant reaction. Because there's a lot to process. Because it's like, as we were in the theater, I was like, we're going to have to have some words about this, right? (laughs) But then, you know, bam, you're right here and you've got to... Yeah. Figure out what's going on. But you were laughing all the time. There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. There was even like a part where you said like that was supposed to be funny, right? Or something. Right, or, right. Uh, I, you <laughs> leaned over and you're like, really? And I'm like, that was funny. And you're like, really? Like like almost like you weren't paying attention. You were texting and you missed the joke. But look, there's a, there's a definite correlation between humor and horror. And it's not because the alliterative effect. You know, there's, there's just – 
there's um this is why when you see people and the effect is horribly 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 used too much but when you build up a scary moment and a cat jumps out of the shadow and it lands on a piano and it strikes a scary and chord it's not scary. and the, the whole audience jumps and then the immediate reaction after that jump is teetering and laughter in the audience right because it is it is that release it, right. it is about the buildup of emotion and then the release and it's fun to feel that this is why people dig roller coasters and love horror films and on and on there are moments in the film believe me it people out there that are fans of um, this type of horror film. And Ghost House is kind of, this is a perfect example of a, like a Ghost House production. Sam Raimi is, he's known for a couple films that were horror labeled, but they were funny because they were like Evil Dead and, right. you know, things of that nature. The beginning, the very first thing that got me cracking up, which made you look over at me is... M is at a yard sale with her sister and her father after they oh, the house, God. and they're picking That's up right. the, they're picking up the Dybbuk box, and she comes around the corner of the house after this nurse just like senses this evil in this box and right. just like is eyeballing her, and M innocently goes around the side of the house to uh, look in this window, and there is a woman who we see in the very beginning. This doesn't ruin anything. There's a there's an old woman. Presumably Jewish because she's the, got the box the, and she tries very, to destroy the box. Really, yeah, the very first thing. The very that first happens. scene that happens yeah. is this woman tries to destroy the box and the demon in the box, Abizu, just beats the crap out of her spiritually, throws right. her around, bends her back, knocks her face into the, some glass. So she is wrapped up in this bed and being taken care of in this in her house. And, and, she, and she and she's wrapped up like she looks like the mummy. I mean, she, she's all, all that's showing is an up, eye right. and a little bit of her mouth. And she leans over out the window and sees M, who now is carrying the the demon box. And she immediately sits sort of upright and goes, "No!" Yeah, and, and starts she, smacking the and window she, like, and screams on the window. Right, and, and she looks like she can't even possibly move that right. much but to do it. But alive. she does. She right. is now. She is. I mean, in a strange way, this is the irony of the movie. She's possessed. She right. has literally gone from inanimate to super animate, and she's pounding on the glass, screaming no, and the curtains come flying closed, and two or three times, and the nurse is looking out at her. And this is a hilarious moment because but it is so. How is that funny? Because it, that's supposed to be scary. Didn't you hear the music? No. no. <laughs> music is usually an indicator. Which is, you know, before we miss that and we're running out of time, right. I hated the music in this movie. Nah, I didn't mind the music. I, I hated all of the music music in this movie because every time something would happen, yeah. and they'd go, boom. <laughs> and this you're is like, a good example. That's like some kind of Pavlov's dog, right. be scared. I you made that I, noise. You and I are going to be the perfect example of most people who go to this type of film, whether it's a horror film fan who's male or female, and they get their sister, their boyfriend, their brother, whoever to go with them. The person who doesn't like horror films is going to feel like you did and do about this movie. And the person that does like them is probably going to feel more like I did and do. They're going to have fun with it because it's got, you know. But how enough. is that part supposed to be funny? If I have to explain it to you, but what's, then you but don't what's understand. Fun, well, what's funny it, about that? It because is, it's supposed to be like scary, creepy, oh my God, okay. this lady, and you're a little kid right. with this lady it's coming funny, at, trying to come out the window at you, right. and it's supposed to be like creepy and scary. Okay. It's just stupid. We're running out and of then, time. How does so that gonna, make it funny? No, we're running out of time, and I'm going to do this for you real quick. There's two examples of, of this happening. One later that I didn't laugh at at all because it was actually – spooky you know it was kind of it was kind of cool 
the reason that the old woman is funny is because she goes from zero to a hundred and she's banging on the window with all of her broken bones screaming no and the no is so hyper exaggerated and then the nurses closing the windows is super exaggerated it's a moment that isn't necessarily funny to someone who doesn't like horror films because you weren't laughing and no one else in the theater was laughing i was the only one i was laughing because i thought it was really stupid well <laughs> and that's a different there's, kind of there's laughing, a moment but... later that is that is scary when they're giving um an mri and her mother and her sister and with the doctors in the obser- observation room and they realize that now they believe what's happening right because they see they, a face in the middle of her body a tiny demonic face um, human, but demonic face. Because that's, that's showing up that's on the, the MRI. That's based on the true story part. This is we, the true we story. have that MRI. This is, this is like in the medical journals <laughs> now. And I didn't laugh at that because that's not supposed to be a release. That's actually just supposed to be like a spook, like a moment of fear. And well, that's a investment. That's in the a character. special. That's a very special scene too because it's when you get mom. Right. You know, it's right. it's uh, there's a lot of buildup in this movie. There are certain things of like. Um, ways in which you develop the plot around the characters mm-hmm. that are kind of interestingly done in this movie. Right. I don't know that they're really well done or save the movie or anything, but that's clearly like we're building up all throughout the movie to somehow we have to get mom and we right. don't know how that's going right. to come. She's got how, how to come where that's going to come from. Right. And one of the things that's uh, good about the movie, as much as I could not stand Kyra Sedgwick in this, God. and I could not believe anything that came out of her mouth in, right. in like any situation, one of the things that uh, the movie does well is that we really have no idea how we're going to get mom. Right. Because it seems as though, you know, the demon is kind of like, only showing Leaving up when dad's mom around. alone, right? right? So it's uh, we're it, it's when we get to dad's house. The box yeah. is at dad's house. Yep. It's all about you know. I'm sure that if you had the right literary degreed people yeah. trying to analyze this movie and the whole yeah. you know situation with the breakup and the going to dad's house and how things are that's a huge one, part of it. One way at dad's house and another way at mom's house and right. all that sort of thing. But that's where the box is. So there mm-hmm. is really this whole kind of thing where it's like, you know, we're going to have to get mom, right? But how are we going to do it? And are is it going to be because we, you know, get mom out of the way, or right. <laughs> you know, and take right. it, take it, get I kinda, her? I kind of hope way. that a got her. I wanted her. Boy, to you know, there was a part in this movie where it looked like she might get it, and I was really kind of hoping that she would. Yeah, I mean, you too. know, there's the part where, right? You know, it's very scary for mom. Yeah, she finally starts seeing the and, and then we we think she's going to get taken out. It's an it's but. an interesting it's an interesting kind of parallel to to you know parental fears, which are you know she's in a relationship with her ex husband. Well, she was with her husband, and time and deterioration just ate away at their relationship. And now you know what it's done is it's put the fear of that change in a relationship onto her children. And she's seen something eat away at her child, right. you know, and the child is only really susceptible to this now because she's incredibly depressed and, and because of that, terribly vulnerable. And right. that is not an invitation to be possessed by a demon of Jewish or Christian persuasion. It's just a, it's a metaphor for what happened, right. you know, and that's, a, that's a something that's going on with the film. But. I, don't, I don't think the demons are, correctly speaking, 
Christian or Jewish, right? Oh, I the think demons are, are the that demons are just the demons are just the demons. Right. We should we should end this. <laughs> we should get here. So yeah. your review should your uh, your rating should be pretty easy. I feel like if you know we often judge by like what's average, yeah. and and working from the two and a half and yeah. stuff. I still kind of really feel like I maybe. I, I just tell. I just feel like there's uh, so much of it that was kind of like cookie cutter writing mm-hmm. and, and 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 I don't know I just I didn't think it was scary I yeah. I, I thought there were more things that I was going that's stupid than yeah. were scary I don't know. I I looked at it same I didn't way. get usually, the tension kind of out yeah. of it really I look at you know we've talked about this uh, I usually start most films unless they really take off running you know what at average and how far above or below does it go right. and then i think numerically like if i was doing this on a score of 100 i think i'd give this 60 to 65 so that's that's three three and a quarter stars i mean right. and i'm pretty sure if i say three and i look back on this film in another month i'm gonna be like yeah three's fine so yeah. for me it's a three-star film and for fans of horror films that eli roth hostel this is the kind of thing i think you'd like so right I, but, I do feel like this is not a bad movie, though, for just, you know, right. going for the just fun. Just go for a fun time. It's right. not horrible. Right. So, yeah, we are going to – did we end already? I don't know. I don't we, think so. We might, we, might, we might have ran out. But oh. anyway, um, I think we can end. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, next week's The Master, right? Right. Um, so thanks for tuning in, thanks. and we'll see you next week. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.